Morning, everybody. Boy, it's like I ain't been here for a month. Good morning. There you go. Come on. Hey, I'm back. It's good seeing all y'all this morning. I hope you guys have had uh, a good week and a better weekend. So, like I say all the time, we're not up here to perform for you guys, okay? Let's just raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a Praises roll out from the ashes. Hope will 
morning right we're awake now hey I'm glad you're here uh, to worship with us today uh, good having you back Ace glad you're feeling better and he's back and so uh, good having Ace back uh, bow your heads with me and we, as we open a prayer this morning then we'll have our welcoming time Lord Jesus I thank you uh, God just for the opportunity Lord to be here today uh, to worship you with my brothers and sisters Lord and in song and lifting our voices and praise to you Lord and in giving and in the teaching of your word today and I pray Lord that you will be glorified and honored uh, today Lord I, I pray Lord uh, that there's not any distraction uh, here today in our lives or in our, our minds that will keep us uh, Lord from worshiping you or, or um, being able to get into your word today uh, God and so Lord we love you today we thank you it's in your name I pray amen take a couple minutes and welcome everyone
announcements uh, today. Uh, Saturday nights, every Saturday night, so I, I like to talk about this every few weeks just because maybe you're here, you're a visitor, you don't know about Saturday Night Freeway, but every Saturday night we have a, a ministry that we do here at the church, it's called Freeway. Uh, it is trying to reach people in our community with the gospel. So if you know somebody that maybe is struggling with drug or alcohol addiction, we, uh, our freeway director is gone this morning. They're, they're actually doing a ministry in Oklahoma today, so we want to pray for them. But um, get a hold of us. Bring them on Saturday night. Talk to us. It's, a, it's an amazing ministry. Uh, it's every Saturday night at 5.30. We have dinner, and the service is at 6. I'm sorry about Wednesday nights. I've hated the last two Wednesday nights that we've had snow uh, and we've been canceled. Our policy is in the winter that if Marshfield schools cancel on Wednesday, we don't have church, just so it's easy for everybody to know. Uh, sometimes that works out really good. Other times, like Wednesday, it's like, well, we probably could have came to church, right? And so it's, it, it is what it is. It's just an easy way to get, every, get it out there. But this Wednesday, they're calling for nice weather this week, so we're going to be good. Uh, yes, yes. We're going to start our new classes. So on Wednesday night, we're going to be starting to study by pro on Proverbs upstairs uh, here and then ladies, down, and it's going to be filmed also. So ladies, uh, you're going to be having to study downstairs by Brenda Cook called verse mapping. It's an easy way to memorize scripture, which is extremely important. So the, the one upstairs will be filmed. So you don't, you're, you're not going to miss anything if you want to go downstairs uh, to, to the class and then watch the other one later on. Um, so yeah, Wednesday night. We have dinner at 6 o'clock every Wednesday, so you don't have to worry about trying to feed the kids and everybody before you come to church. Dinner at 6 o'clock, classes at 6.45. This afternoon, men's fellowship, or discipleship, excuse me, at 4.30, and then uh, men's Bible study tonight at 6 uh, p.m. Women's breakfast this week, is there, what's the time on that? Monday, prickly cactus at 8, 8.30. Uh, Monday morning, 8.30, prickly cactus ladies for uh, breakfast with one another. We also have the blessing box outstairs, keep bring, uh, out, outside. Keep bringing in donations for that. Strawberry fundraiser. we got two different uh, things on, on uh, fundraisers coming up. Let's do the strawberry one first. This is kind of the last week to sign up for this. There you go, ladies. <laughs> Thank you. So this is the last week to sell. We've had several kids now sell 20, 26 dozen, which is amazing. Um, so for those of you guys who haven't been selling, please get out there and sell. Remember, the money goes to uh, mission work for our church. Um, you can pick them up on Monday the 13th starting at noon, or we can get them delivered if you're buying um, a few dozen. Like you, They'll go to Springfield. He'll go up to Lebanon. He'll drive all over. So... Um, <laughs> Stephen is going to have a long day, aren't you, I friend? I was going to say, well, I'm sorry, brother. 
you know, he doesn't work anymore, so this is his job, right? That ain't fair. If I'm working, he's working. Yeah. So anyway, so um, make sure you guys are getting those orders in. We really appreciate it, and we'll be here starting at 6 o'clock on Monday morning dipping. Can you say 20? You didn't hear that. 20 already? Oh, yeah, already? she sold wow. 20 already. She got her prize. Do you want to stand up? Yay! Order card? All right. Um, and Sarah, I owe you something else, too. Um, and then there were some kids downstairs that got stuff earlier today, too. So Perfect. Good job. Pass that around. That's to sign up if you, if you want to buy some. Um, buy some strawberries. I don't know who gets credit for that, but, yeah, they'll figure it out. All right, use Sundays <laughs> next week. Youth Sunday is one of the I, it's one of my favorite Sundays because the youth take over the Sunday school classes. They serve on the worship team, which a lot of them are already currently doing. But after church uh, next week, we'll have a church meal, uh, and then we're going to have an auction. Probably the auction first, then the meal. Is that what we're doing? Okay. Uh, do you have a sign? Are, are they signing up on what they're bringing, Shelly? Okay. So let Shelly know what you want to, because it's like a dessert auction, but it can also be stuff maybe from your business, whatever. It's just a blast. And what we do is we raise money for the youth fund, and they use that throughout the year on their activities to go to camp. Um, if you've never been to one, <laughs> we, we have a really good time. And we bid each other up, and it's, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, so that's next Sunday is uh, Youth Sunday. Men's Prayer Breakfast is Saturday, February 8, uh, 18th. I know a lot of us are going to be gone on the marriage uh, retreat. You're going to do men's prayer breakfast, uh, Michael. So men's prayer breakfast that Saturday the 18th. I think you can still sign up for the marriage uh, retreat on that weekend. Uh, so if, you, if it's, it may cost a little bit more, but if you haven't signed up, go and sign up. There's several couples from the church I know that are going uh, that Friday and Saturday to the marriage retreat. And I want to remind you about this, the Abolish Abortion Rally is Wednesday, February 15th. Mike is going to take the church bus and leave here at 10.30 a.m. and drive to Jeff City for the rally. It's from 1.30 to 2.30. Also, I got some exciting news. Two things. Uh, one, you guys know that Mike and Kim, Mike and Kim Estelle are moving back here. They're going to be moving back on March 7th. Uh, he's going to be the new associate pastor. So we got a, a month. And they're going to be here. Woo. Travel expenses are about $2,500. If you would like to contribute to help him, uh, we as elders, we're going we're to help them with moving expenses. If you would like to help them, please designate that uh, on your giving the next couple of weeks. And then also something else. I, I didn't tell the elders I was going to announce this, but I'm going to. It, it's really exciting news about Scott Bates. You guys know Scott. He went through the freeway program, was a member here at the church, graduated. He has accepted the pastorate at a small Baptist church in Shreveport, Louisiana. So, yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing thing. That's why we do the ministry, right? I mean, that's exactly why we have that ministry. So, did I forget anything? Anything else that I forgot? Huh? Somebody say something? No? No? Okay, all right, if you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering, and we'll have our worship time before we jump into God's Word uh, together uh, today. So bow your heads to me as we bless that. Lord Jesus, I thank you again. Uh, Lord, I'm excited to be here today and to preach your Word, and uh, Lord, I'm excited to worship you. I'm thankful that Ace is back. I appreciate our worship team and how they lead us in song to you, and uh, part of also our worship, God, is our giving. And 
Yeah, we know from your word that you care about that. And so, Lord, I pray this morning uh, over that. I pray that you use it to further your kingdom, God, for our missionaries and our, our ministries. And, uh, Lord, I pray for Scott this morning as he's down in Louisiana preaching. And that's why we do ministry, and that's why we have the ministries of the church to send people out. And so it's an amazing thing. Thankful for, for that this morning. And, Lord, uh, we just worship you as, in giving and in song today. It's in your name I do pray, Lord. Amen.
Phoenix rejoiced as oh hello and lost. But then Jesus arose without freedom in hell. That's when death was resting my life. Lord, 
Fill my house up with hope and fill my plans up with purpose. Fill my room up with healing. Lord, I need you. Fill my days up with needing. Fill my future with vision. Goodness, grace, and provision. Lord, I need you. And when I get to the city, I cannot see. I know in the valley with the golden streets. Fill my cup, Lord. Run it over. Give me love. Give me joy. Give me peace. Fill my cup, Lord. Run it over. I am your child in me. Lord, I need you to fill my cup. Fill my cup. Fill my cup. Y'all can be seated. Thank you, guys. All right, if you would this morning, please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. This is the first um, Sunday of every month, and so we do Family Sunday. So we're going to take communion. Ace told you to sit down, but Ace is finally going to learn. You're good. <laughs> Please stand. We need to honor God's word this morning as we read. 1 John 5, you're good, Ace. I'm glad you're back, and I'm glad you're feeling better, buddy. Uh, 1 John 5, 13 through 21. This is the same uh, passage of scripture that we went through last week. We've just got some more points. Uh, 1 John 5, 13 through 21. The title of the sermon today is God's Guarantees, Part 2. It says this, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us in whatever we ask. We know that we have the request that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. And here's our, our passage, really what we're going to talk about today, starting in, in 18. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who has been born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so we may know who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning for your word, God. And it is alive and active, and we're going to talk about that today. God, you, you had this wrote uh, to us for a reason, and I, and I pray, uh, God, this morning that we learn something, that we uh, not only learn it with head knowledge, but we learn it with heart knowledge, Lord. And it changes uh, in our lives maybe how we're approaching your word. Uh, and, and Lord, we, we think about the guarantees of, that you give us in this passage, God, and uh, I, I pray, Lord, that we, uh, we, we hide them in our heart and, and we trust you, Lord, today. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
So I want to do a quick review um, from last week. I always like to do this just to catch you up. Maybe you weren't here or maybe you kind of forgot. But John's closing out the epistle here and he's summing up why he wrote it. And, and, he, and God's giving us some assurances, some guarantees as believers. And he was writing, combating false teaching. In fact, in the, in the last uh, verse here, he says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. So he was, he was combating false teachings and false idols. Um, and last week we talked about two guarantees. There's really five guarantees in this passage. and We talked about two of them. The first one is knowing that you have eternal life. Uh, and, and as believers, we shouldn't live in fear or in doubt about our eternal destiny. God gives us the guarantee that we have right now eternal life. And eternal life is not a place in time, if you remember. Eternal life is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. Uh, and so God gives us that guarantee. Right now we have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus when we've put our faith and trust in Him. The second thing that we talked about was knowing that He answers our prayers. I, I, I always go back to this and I think about this and it, it makes us, uh, I don't know, it just kind of blows my mind. It's an amazing thing knowing that the creator of the universe hears us and he answers us. And, and when we do ask and we pray, it should always be according to his will. And that prayer does not conform God to us, it conforms us to God. And we let his will take over our lives. So today I want to pick up in this text with the third guarantee that God gives us. And, and, and it's found in verse 18. Uh, and I want to go back and read it again. It says, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. But he who has been born of God protects him. And the evil one does not touch him. So our knowing here, the third guarantee is knowing that we have victory over sin. We have victory over sin and Satan. God himself is our protector from Satan. Because the believer belongs to God, Satan must work within the confines of God's power and control. We see that in scripture. That, that Satan just doesn't have complete authority to do whatever he wants to do anytime he wants to do it. He is also under the authority and power of God. Turn, here's the passage on this, and you, you probably are going to know where I'm going before I even say it, but turn to the book of Job. I don't know if you've ever read the book of Job, but it is an amazing book. It's a heartbreaking book at, at, at the start, um, and it's just some great insight. I want to read a couple of passages out of the book of Job. The first one is in chapter 1, verses 6 through 12. Chapter 1, verses 6 through 12. Of Job. It's in the Old Testament. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant, my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth? A blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. 
And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hands. Only against him do you not stretch out your hands. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So many things that could be a whole sermon there. But the first one I want, want to concentrate really quick is that Job loved God. He followed God's commands and God knew that. He knew that. He knew that Job was living a righteous life. And God bragged on Job. God said, have you considered my servant Job? Look at him. Because what is Satan doing? Satan is prowling around on the earth like a lion looking for people to devour. Looking for people to devour in sin. And so God says, you can't devour Job. He's following my commands. And Satan says, well, well I mean, you're, you're protecting him. What does, that tell you? what does that tell us about God? What does that tell us about God and his children? Right? Well, you're protecting him. You're pro and so what does God say? Okay, all right. You can, you can do stuff to him, but you can't touch his body. So my point here is, look, even Satan himself is in the control and confines of the Lord Jesus. We have victory over Satan when we are in Christ. If you go over to the second uh, chapter, he says the same thing. God gives Satan permission to attack Job, to test Job, to see, right? To prove that Job was who he was. That sounds really bad when you read that. And you see all what happens to Job. But then if you jump to the end of the book of Job, you see that God blesses him and takes care of him. And God remains faithful to Job. And, and our, his, our, his, our salvation in God is not dependent upon us, but upon him. So what do we hear? What do we see here? That Satan is under the power and authority of God. Because of that, <coughs> excuse me, because of that, we have victory over Satan through the Lord Jesus Christ. The victory over sin is a lifetime process. That is a lifetime process. That we will eventually reach complete sanctification when we're in heaven. That's not going to happen here on the earth. Why? Because we still have a sin nature. We still have a battle raging inside of us every single day. Be obedient to God. Do what Jeff's flesh really wants to do. There's this battle that's constantly raging within us. One day, we will have complete victory over sin when we go to heaven to be with Jesus. When there is no more sin, there is no more uh, evil. But even before heaven, God has given us the tools to have victory over sin in our lives. What are a couple of those? Right now, we can have victory over sin. What are, what are those? Number one, the Holy Spirit. He gives us the Holy Spirit to have victory. God gives us this so we can have, be victorious in how we live our lives in Christian living. As believers... When you put your faith and trust in Christ, you receive the third member of the Trinity. You receive God living inside of us. That's the Holy Spirit. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. We read uh, a little bit of Galatians, a verse out of Galatians last week. And I'm going to read it again, but I, I want to read several verses here uh, this morning. It's Galatians 5, 16 through 25. About nine verses here. It says this. But I say, walk by the Spirit, 
and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enemy, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warned you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So what's this passage talking about? It's talking about walking in the Holy Spirit. They sang the song, Fill Me Up, Lord. Like, I think whatever you fill your life up with the most is what's going to come out. If you want to fill yourself up with things of God, with the Holy Spirit, be in His Word. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Be in His Word. Be in prayer. Be in fellowship with other believers. Fill yourself up with God. There's this battle Guys, that's raging every single day. On one side is the Holy Spirit. You, if you have the Holy Spirit, you're in Christ. You, you have the Holy Spirit. And he's on one shoulder. And Satan and, and demons and the things of this world are on the other shoulder. And both of them have an ear. And it's a battle. What that battle says, respond in love to others. That's Christ-like. Or hate others. Respond in anger or respond in kindness. You see where I'm going. It's a battle that's constantly raging in our lives. The difference in what the Holy Spirit does is, oh man, it's demonstrated. I, I, I thought of the life of Peter. Think of Peter. Before being filled with the Holy Spirit, what does he do? He denies Jesus three times. He says, I don't even know who he is. I don't know the man. He denies him three times. In, in just a crowd of people. Maybe no imminent danger. Maybe there was. We don't know for sure. After, though, he receives the Holy Spirit, what does he do? He openly and strongly preaches the truth to Jewish, to Jewish leaders, to religious leaders. Who could have him killed? He could have him put in prison. And yet here he's boldly standing on Jesus. He preached Jesus. He went to his death. Proclaiming Jesus. Why? Because he had the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that lives in us. The same Holy Spirit that lives in us. God gives us the Holy Spirit so we can be victorious in Christian living. To, 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 to have victory over sin. Second one. Hey, I love this, moms. I love the sounds of crying babies. Because if you don't have crying babies, you're not a healthy church, all right? Moms, family Sunday, don't worry about your kids crying, all right? Doesn't bother me at all. I like it. Second thing God gives us is the Word of God. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is also, remember, what's the point? To have victory over sin and Satan. What else does he give us? Gives us the word of God. 2 Timothy 3, 
16 and 17. It says this, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. What does God's word do? It corrects us when we're wrong. It encourages us when we're right. It tells us what is right and what is wrong. It gives us a path to follow that we can live our life by. It equips us to do God's good work, to, to, to do good, good things for the kingdom. It teaches us how to live, what to believe. It reveals to us when we've went down wrong paths. It helps us get back on the right path and stay there. It's alive and active. Scripture tells us it's alive, it's not dead. It's not a book from 2,000 years ago. It's rel just as relevant today as it was then. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13 tells us that. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from its sight, all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give an account. It's alive. When you read God's word, you're not reading just an old dead book. You're reading something that changes your life. When you believe in it. When you put your faith in what that book says about who Jesus was. Listen, last Sunday, last Sunday night, you guys know me and Hunter. We went to the AFC Championship at Arrowhead. Uh, and when you go into any sporting competition, let alone a game like that, most coaches have a game plan that they lay out. They'll watch a whole bunch of film during the week, and they'll try to analyze what the other team does or what they're good at and what they're bad at. And usually, most people don't know this, but most NFL coaches and even college coaches, their first 15 plays are scripted. Like they already know what they're going to call the first 15 plays automatically. And it's, they have this, the sheets, me and Steven, my other friend, we do this on the sidelines, don't we? We have play sheets. You guys are like, you're coaching fifth graders. We still have a game plan, right? Because we want to do good. We have play sheets where we're, we have our game plan lined out. We coach our kids the week before, hey, this is the game plan. This is what we got to do. If we want to beat this team, we need to run the ball. If we, if we want to beat this team, we need to do this, whatever it is, right? They understand the opponent and have a plan to win. Listen, that's what God's word is for us. It's understanding the opponent. It's our guidepost to everything that we do. Jesus gave us the playbook. He gave us the playbook. Now we got to follow it. When we follow it, things work out. I'm telling you guys, I've found it over and over. A hundred percent of the time, when I am trying to help people in situations, I ask them, are you reading the word? When their life is a mess, and a hundred percent of the time, you know what the answer I get back is? No. No. I want to read to you a devotion. Uh, I read it this week, and I, I didn't include it in my notes because I read it like Friday night. And it was, it was but I want to read it to you. Um, just a couple of lines. It says this. It says, resist the temptation of being a lawnmower Christian. What is that, you ask? A lawnmower Christian opens the word, reads a passage or two, 
checks a box saying they complete the day's reading, and then immediately walks away and forgets what they read. This type of person is just mowing down the words to look back and say, I did it, and it looks good. But what they don't see are the weeds ready to pop up and overtake the healthy grass. James chapter 1 says, do not, do, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he was like. Hmm. Lawnmower Christians. That really stuck with me. I'm going to read it today. I got my 10 minutes out of the way so I can tell Pastor Jeff that I read the word today. I lawnmowered it up. Like, guys, what do we do in the summertime? We get done mowing our yard. We step out on the front porch and we go, honey, you check out my yard, how good that yard looks? But do, do a lot of times do we put in the work to making sure there's no weeds there and making sure it's the right grass growing? Or we just cut the weeds the same height as the yard. You see, lawnmower Christians, I read this, boy, it's really hit home. Lawnmower Christians are ones that just do it, get it done with, check off the box, and it never is going to penetrate their heart. They're going to know the same amount about the Lord Jesus and have the same amount of verses memorized when, when they're 10 as they do when they're 50. Because it's just checking off a box. Listen, think about Joshua. Think about Joshua. Did he actually listen to what God said? God commands Moses and Joshua to be obedient to what he's told them. He says, not only listen to what I'm telling you and read what I'm telling you, but do what I tell you to do. Do it even if it doesn't make sense. If they do, he'll be with them and they'll have success. So what does Joshua do? He marches his army up to Jericho. The orders are crazy. Go read about Joshua and Jericho. Massive army. Jericho's got huge walls. God says, ah, just walk around it for seven days, playing some music. I'm paraphrasing. But walk around it for seven days, playing some music. And on the final day, yell, ah, real loud, and the walls are going to fall down. You imagine Joshua going to his commanders. They're all right, fellas, we got the battle plan here. Imagine how ridiculous that sounds if you're in the military. What are they doing? God's saying, just trust me. That's all he's saying. Be obedient to what I'm telling you. Be obedient to what you know right now. If you trust me, it's going to go well. And what happens? Joshua's obedient to the Lord, and what happens to the walls? They crash down. They come crashing down. When we follow God's word, we have victory over sin in our lives. When we read it, when we study it, when we memorize it, when we apply it. Listen, you need people in your life to help you with this, right? I, I love giving, and I was in the Marines, right? I love giving my Army guys a hard time. Because the new Army term, I know for some of you guys have been in the Army a long time, they didn't use this. But the new Army term is, you got to have a battle buddy, you got to have a battle buddy. And what that is, is basically somebody you're going to go into combat with or be in the field with that you're going to be held accountable with, that you're going to help. Now, I, I laugh at that a little bit, but it's so true. Because guess what you need when fighting 
sin and Satan, a battle buddy. And who is that battle buddy? That's somebody that if you're not living your life the way that God is telling us to as followers of his, or if you're not in the word, your battle buddy's going to slap you on the back and say, let's go, let's get with it, let's do this together, let's be there for one another. You need that in your life. Hey, I, I, me, I have a battle buddy right here at this church. I have several, but I have one right now. Last, last month, we've been reading the Bible plans every day. And we know, I know whether he's reading them or not, right, Justin? And you know whether I'm reading them or not, right? So we're, we're he's my battle buddy. I want to help him be a better dad and husband. I want him to help me be, be a better dad and husband, right? That's what we're doing. You're in battle together. You need people like that in your life. When you have that, when you have that, guess what Satan's doing? <laughs> I'm not messing with that guy. I'm not messing with that guy. That's too much of a fight. And you know what God's saying? Hey, Satan, have you considered my servant blank? That's what happens. Here's the second thing. The second, listen, now you can know that you have victory over sin and Satan. God gives us a guarantee and he gives us the tools. Now here's the second thing. Last point. I'll get going. Knowing that we belong to God. Verse 19, we know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Okay, according to scripture, there's only two types of people. Only two. Those who belong to God, and those who belong to the world. There are many people today who just don't want to pick a side. They remain neutral. Now I tell you, Sunday at Arrowhead, sold out. Place is loud. Where me and Hunter are sitting, we're surrounded by Bengal fans. And Hunter goes in and says, I'm rooting for the Bengals. Because he's an aggravator like me, church. I'm just sorry. So he's standing there rooting for the Bengals, right? And I said, well, I'm going to go for the Chiefs. Because, <laughs> because of my church family and because of my father-in-law loves the Chiefs, right? So I'm like, Hunter's, oh, he's mixing it up with the Bengal fans and they're having fun. But then halfway through the game, the arrowhead gets rocking. And you hear, oh, and they start doing the chop. And the whole stadium is doing the chop. And I look over at Hunter, and Hunter's going, oh, oh. And I said, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm sorry, Dad. I'm just caught up. <laughs> He's doing the chop. Now, now, all right. <laughs> I may have joined in with him or not. There are no witnesses, church, okay? So you're never going to know. My point is, our foot was on one side or the other. Listen, you can do that at a Bengals Chiefs, Chiefs game. You can't do that with God. You cannot do that with God. It doesn't work like that. If you think that you can live a life and not really make a decision about the Lord Jesus Christ, you've made one. If you think you can live your life and just not avoid the subject and avoid standing out and saying, I'm putting my faith and trust in Christ, you've made one. You're rejecting him. Scripture teaches us that. Turn to John chapter 3 real quick and I'm going to close. John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. 
Y'all know 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. You either believe in him that's it. You either put your faith and trust in Christ or you're on the other side. There's no one foot in. We're condemned already because of our sin. Because our sin, my sin, it deserves a punishment. God takes my sin so serious that it deserves a punishment. Whether or not I want to make a decision or decide about Jesus, if I don't, I already have, and it ends with eternal death. Now, we know that we belong to God because Scripture teaches us, brothers and sisters, that we're bought with a price. What is the price? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. What's that price? 1 Peter chapter 1 tells us, Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways, inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Listen, that's the price. God takes sin so serious. The debt is so serious that he sent Jesus to die for it. You say, that's just too deep for me. I don't want to believe, I don't, I don't want to mess with that right now. There'll be a day when I do want to mess with that. And there'll uh, be a day that I decide. Listen to me. We don't know the day or the hour when we're going to stand before God. And you not deciding about Jesus is you have decided about Jesus. Because of your sin. Satan is in control of the evil of this world. We as believers, we have to avoid the traps and schemes of the world. I've seen something over and over in my years. Over and over in my young 43 years. If the world is for something, you can bet that God is it. Over and over and over, I see it. If the world says something's okay and something's good, 99% of the time, this says it's not. Over and over because Satan is in control of the world's schemes and systems our citizenship is not in America it's not it's in heaven and knowing that we are from God gives Christians a hope even in the darkest hour a hope today we celebrate and worship our King our Lord Jesus and we're gonna remember his death for us this morning by taking communion we do this every month I want you to remember the price that you were bought with it was not with cheap silver or gold it was with our Lord's blood his death a high price the precious blood of God himself I'm gonna ask our worship team if they'd come this morning we're gonna have an invitation and here's what this invitation is for Number one, if God's doing something in your life, 
He's working in your life, and you need to, you need to profess him publicly as your Lord and Savior. You can do that. Number two, before we take communion, there's a warning. We talked about it last week, about that sin that leads to death. And, and it's a hard passage in 1 John 5 to understand. If you remember last week, I said, well, I talk about it every time we take communion. And here's the warning. It's in 1 Corinthians 11. It says, whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. What is that? That means that if you're here this morning and you have unconfessed, unrepentant sin in your life, confess your sin to God before you take communion. That's why we have an invitation. If you're here this morning and you, are, and you never have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, don't take communion. It's dishonoring to God. And it says you can become weak or ill or die. There's the warning. We have an invitation. So what I want us to do to stand this morning, and while they play, we're going to pray. While they play, I want you to take a couple of minutes this morning to examine yourself before God. Make sure, am I a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do I have sin in my life, rebellion against God in my life? Then I need to confess to him. I'm asking you to stand this morning. We'll pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for this morning and your word. I thank you for the guarantees you give us of victory over sin, victory over Satan. Lord, we have that complete victory one day when we go to heaven and we get to spend all eternity with you. But you give us tools right now to overcome this, to overcome sin. Lord, I pray this morning that we're a congregation that's in your word, that's trusting in you. That the only way to overcome sin and death is through your Holy Spirit, through having you living inside of us. And the Lord, you give us a game plan. I pray this morning we're studious of that game plan. We know the schemes and tricks of Satan. And Lord, we overcome by the power of who you are, by your word. Lord, we love you this morning. I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. In Christ alone, I hope is found. Here in the light, my strength, my song is cornerstone, is solid ground. Hope the fiercest drought and storm, what heights of
Thank you, guys. You may be seated. I'm going to ask our elders to come this morning. So, I love that song. But as we're singing this song, I see my little buddy who's seven here walking around with his paper, and he's checking out these aisles. And he's, he's selling some strawberries right now. So listen, about 11 years from now, if you need a sales rep for your company, I may need one. You may come work for me. How's that sound? About 11 years from now, you need a sales rep. This is the guy, right? Hit up this little guy from Strawberries later, okay? All right, you go, all right, go sit down. All right, I, I plugged you there, okay? I plugged you. All right, uh, this is a, this is a very important time um, that we meet, and and we do, we have an open communion. We don't require that you be a member here at Crossbridge, just that you've made a public profession of faith uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. So you don't have to be a member of the church to take communion with us, okay? So if you're here visiting and you're a follower of Christ. Um, we want you to do that. But, but scripture tells us that in Matthew chapter 26 that Jesus had gathered with his disciples to celebrate Passover. And it says this, As they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. And he, and he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So why we do this is remembering exactly what Jesus did for us on the cross that he he laid his life down for us and we thank him for that and we worship him for that and we remember him for that and it's also a time that we can look forward to his return where there is no more tears there is no more sadness there's just all eternity with the Lord Jesus so it's a time to also be ready anticipate uh, his return we're going to hand hand out communion this morning um, and, and then we take it together, so we will take it together. I'm going to ask Denny if he would please bless the bread this morning. Most gracious Heavenly Fathers, we come to you this time. We pray that you keep us mindful, Lord, of the sacrifice you made, Lord, of this bread that we partake. Keep us ever mindful of, of what, what you've done, Lord, the extreme value of this. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you. 
they're passing this out this morning, just spend time thanking the Lord for what he did for you. They took the cup and they blessed it. I'm going to ask Max Hartman if you would please bless the cup this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we look back to that cross where you shed your precious blood and remember that supreme sacrifice that was paid. We look inward to ourselves to ask ourselves, are we living worthy of that, of that price that was paid? And, and we look forward to your coming again. And glory in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Took the cup and he said, Drink it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. Take ye and drink.
It was a time of rejoicing for them as they left. And all throughout Scripture, when we, when we see the disciples or followers of Jesus, they're rejoicing. They're constantly rejoicing. Um, I think it's a couple weeks ago we talked about Paul and Silas. That even when they were in prison, what are they doing? Singing and rejoicing the Lord. So I'm asking you to stand this morning as we dismiss. Singing and rejoicing our Lord. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come move over us. Come rest on us.
Travis Greenfield, your buddy sold you out. They told me it was your birthday. Happy 18th birthday, Travis, today. <laughs> Go buy a gun or something to celebrate being an adult head, all right? Happy Guys, have a great day. You are dismissed. Hey, we'll do happy birthday real quick. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Travis. Happy birthday to you. And many more. On Channel 4. And Scooby-Doo on Channel 2. Today, girl, what do you mean? We do this every Sarah, hey, we need to pick songs. You guys need to stop this running off stuff, children. I'm going to whoop you all. I ain't even playing. You didn't stay here. Ooh, good one. I actually love that song. Cause there's another in the fire. Sitting next to me. Be another in the fire. Yes, sir. Oh. I thought he needed something. Where are you going, baby? I gotta go to Nana's. I love you. I love you. Maddie, you're going with me.